Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Heavenly Father, it is your assurance that your word does not return to you void. And so, dear Lord, as it is the sowing of seed in our hearts, may it give life and fruit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, two weeks ago, I went to another church. I went to the First Presbyterian Church of Bend. And it was interesting. As I, as I share with you all the time, don't let anyone out of here without putting a love on them before they go. And, um, and I, somebody asked me about my church after almost everything was done that morning. And I said, yeah, well, at, at Naples Community Church, no one takes themselves seriously and nobody acts their age. I said, I love it. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> but I walk in with my daughter and son-in-law and they're three little boys and he has been an elder in that church. We're walking down the hall and I felt like I was invisible. Now I kind of stand out just a little bit. And, and so I thought that maybe, um, I would find someone who at least, well, you're new, welcome, you know, that kind of thing. And then I even walked by the pastor. And it was an associate pastor. She didn't even look up. So I just thought, and this is one of those churches that outside it says welcoming and and inclusive and all that sort of thing. And um, I just thought, what a... What a fun church we have. And uh, it is really, it's really nice. <laughs> so I, I very much appreciate you all. And it's so good to be back and so good to be in the challenge of this pulpit. And um, this morning I'm going to begin what I'm calling a sermon series, just as Dan has somebody to preach a particular topic last week, I've, had, I've been asked to preach on the mind of Christ. And I thought, what? Huh? How? <laughs> so I'm going to try. <laughs> and I'm going to start this morning from Isaiah, where God is rather fed up with his people. Through the prophet Isaiah, the people of God had gone their own way. They had adapted to the ways and means of the culture of Canaan. Now, there's a long story that's behind that, but the short version is they simply began to compromise their faith and began to appropriate the faith of the dominant culture into which they moved. And so Isaiah was moved by God to tell them they better stop it or God's going to send them into exile. God sends them into exile. And then the apostle, pardon me, the prophet then writes to them while in exile, or his, his 
message, even though it was years, many years prior to the exile, his message is pertinent to them while they are in exile. And that's what we have this morning in the 55th chapter of Isaiah. He calls upon them while they're there in Babylon, and he says, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that they that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it produces fruit. It will accomplish what I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. I didn't realize it when I was a kid, but I was growing up in a house of a man who was really quite a contrarian, my dad. And uh, at the end of the day, he would come home and he and mom would sit down and have a glass of wine together. And he would talk about the waste that was going on. He was working for the Air Force at March Air Force Base in Riverside. He would talk about all the waste that was going on because compromising between the, the colonels and generals at the Air Force and some of the big developers in the area. And dad would get in all kinds of trouble because he was trying to save money for the taxpayers. And so I listened to that. I, did, I paid very little attention to it, but I just kind of picked up sort of the attitude of being a contrarian. <laughs> and so... <clears throat> He would also have me sit down with him on Sunday afternoons and listen to um, some of the afternoon programs. And the one I remember was uh, having me sit down and watch time after time after time, William F. Buckley and Firing Line. And um, I don't know who said it, whether it was Buckley or somebody else, but I remember a phrase being used where one of the guests said, I would rather follow the first 200 names in the phone book than the faculty at Harvard. <laughs> and I thought, wow. So I, I just had this, had this infused in me. So when I'm going to high school, guys are wearing, you remember these things, these wide whale co uh, corduroy hip hugger uh, pants and then, you know, those, those um, Flip-flop, not flip-flops, but Birkenstocks, and, and, uh, and then the shirts with a wide collar going out like this, and, and um, <laughs> I wore clothes like I have on now, button-down shirt, pants, slacks with cuffs, and, and wingtips. <laughs> and I was just, it was just sort of unconscious. That's how Dad went to work, and so I went to school that way. And, um, and a couple weeks ago, just before I left 
I got a phone call from a guy who I grew up with, a guy named Roger Coffin. He has been living in Miami, and he wanted to come over, and we had lunch together. And we sat down and had lunch together. And he asked me, he said, well, Kurt, have you ever sworn? I thought, he said, you always would use language like ding busted. <laughs> and I said, Roger, I'm sorry to say that I have. And I'm sorry to say that I have. That I caved to the pressure. I went along to get along. I had used some language along the way because that's what the guys were using. And I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about those instances in my life where I've simply caved. That's what God is speaking to through Isaiah, the nation of Israel. These are people who, well, they, they were taught to trust God for their crops. But the Canaanites said, no, 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 you gotta worship this God here, and you gotta do this ritual there, you gotta do all these things, and that will make the land fruitful. And the people began to go that way. They began to cave to the pressure. And through Isaiah, the word came out, he said, again, you, you turn from this, or you will bear the consequences of your choices, you'll be in exile because you will be so weakened culturally because you have compromised me out of your life that you're going to be conquered and hauled away. And so they were. And it, it, was, it was the word of Isaiah and there are some theories that Isaiah actually is a compilation of different books, different letters, that from chapter 40 on was actually written by an, what they call second or deutero-Isaiah, somehow thinking that because the words of Isaiah are so very accurate to the Babylonian exile that somebody else had to write it. And I used to think that way. Now I think that God simply inspired those words of Isaiah to speak succinctly into a time that was hundreds of years ahead so that the word of God would be relevant to them then even as it was to them in the very moment that Isaiah was living. And so he shared those words in Babylon Find God, look for him, seek him, wherever he can be found in this foreign land. Follow him, trust him. All, God says he'll forgive. He's generous with his, forgive, his forgiveness. Don't worry about his, all this other stuff. Just move ahead, move forward, and you'll know him. And, and he will love you, and he will take you back, and he will restore you. That's so-called second Isaiah that I have come to believe are the words of the, the only Isaiah writing to his people under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. So those words are words to correct 
and forgive. Calling on the people to just, just maintain the core reality of what faith is all about. Just stick to it. And, and let whatever the dominant culture may be, let it, let it go its way. But in the midst of it, you do what you're called to do. This was Isaiah. And Isaiah, as he spoke, was also preaching already to something of a remnant of Israel. Because so many had gone the other way. So it is in the American church today. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it is a matter of great concern to me as a pastor as I see so many of the churches abandoning the core calling. I think I've shared with you that uh, when I went to seminary, Princeton Seminary was responsible for training some of the finest preachers of the 20th century. And that I went in scared, went out scared, and I'm scared every Sunday morning. And, And the seminary has gone social justice like so many of the seminaries. And so many of the mainline denominations are losing members rapidly. And I, I pulled this from, I won't say what denomination it is, but I pulled this as a way of, of identifying how they seek what is the truth. What is the truth? How do we find out what God wants us to do? Wants us to do? <clears throat> and this is the head person of this denomination. And she writes, do you meditate? Do you commune with nature? Do you find the presence of God most fully known hiking through mountains, navigating your kayak through forest streams, staring up into the vastness and beauty of the night sky or listening to the waves crash against the shore? Do you hearken to the truth of the wisdom, of, uh, to the truth of wisdom seekers? Poets, songwriters, and artists, and authors, pastors, imams, rabbis, and shamans? Do you hear God in the majesty of a grand choir, in the intimacy of a kiss, in the wisdom of a grizzled elder? Sacred moments and new truth and inspired wisdom can come along to us by many pathways. Conspicuous in its absence is... Do you study the Bible? Do you pray? Do you go into fellowship with one another? Do you check your opinions off on other believers and others who who love you and support you? And when your own faith begins to falter, do you have others around you? Do you enter into the arena of the Spirit's work? So in this church last week, the um, associate pastor preached a very fine sermon. Bend, Oregon is right on the boundary between Western Oregon and Eastern Oregon. And it is not purple. It's like a mosaic of red tiles and blue tiles. And several trips to Home Depot while I was there and all the guys in trucks and that sort of thing. And then, and then at church, it was 
a very different demographic. And she preached an excellent sermon about going out to the lost one, the one in 99, and, and how important it is, and she was talking in relationship with her own father, how important it was to reach out and try to make connections. But what she missed exegetically was the portion where you leave the 99, renounce your tribe, Leave that so that you might be fully located with that other person. And that's a central truth about the gospel that, that is being lost in the church today. And that is that we leave those tribalisms. We leave those things that divide us. We leave it behind. Check it at the door if we must. And that we connect on the basis of who we are as human beings, who we are as those who are image bearers of the, the very likeness of God. And we see each other there. But we'd be reminded that in heaven is every tribe, tongue, and nation. And some of the people that we're going to see there, we will not expect to see. <laughs> and they may not expect to see us. But God calls on us to nevertheless adhere to his word, adhere to the simple, straightforward word that he has shared with us through his son. The Bible that I use upstairs for classes is a pink Bible that I've had since seminary. And on the opening leaf, the editor of the New Testament is a man named Bruce Metzger, who is one of my professors there. And that has been and continues to be my, my favorite Bible. Dr. Metzger actually, about eight years later, he preached at my brother's ordination in Omaha, Nebraska. And walking up to see him afterwards, eight years later, this is a man who, would, who was known for stopping at stoplights and reading while the stoplight was on. A brilliant, brilliant man. And I walked up and he, I was walking up and he said, Kurt, how are you? I was shocked that he recognized my name. I hardly had anything to do with him when he was there. I was so intimidated. But I recall, and I've shared this with you before, but I recall at the end of one of his lectures, he was so impassioned by the central truth of the gospel and the authority of the scriptures. And this is a man who was the editor of not just the New Testament, the Revised Standard Version of the New Testament, but also of the Greek New Testament from which it was translated. He knew the scriptures intimately. And he was impassioned by the reality, the truth of the gospel. And he, at the end of his lecture, stood to the side of the lectern 
And he looked at us, young, aspiring ministers, and he said, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Because his ways are not our ways. We think our ways are the way. How narcissistic can we be? What G.J. Kesterton calls the arrogance of those that happen to be walking about. His ways are higher than ours. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Father, it is your promise, your assurance, that your word will not return to you void, that it will do its work. Heavenly Father, may it take root in our hearts. May our spirits be transformed. May we take up residency, even now, in the kingdom that awaits us, and walk by the light of your word. We ask this, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.